Welcome to the Meaningful Motherhood Podcast, a show for women seeking insight and inspiration around how to create their very own personal brand of motherhood, one that is both meaningful and more importantly, which works for them, their children, their family and their life. And now, here's your host, women's health occupational therapist, Sarah Hoisler. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Meaningful Motherhood podcast. I am so excited to be bringing this podcast to life, Uh, not only because it's something I've been thinking about for literally a couple of years now, but also because I'm just so intrigued by the sociology of motherhood, really. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I have been a mother myself for the past six and a half years and I've been working in this field of motherhood well-being for about three or four years now. Um, I'm an occupational therapist and I own a clinic called Bloom Wellbeing in Adelaide, Australia, which um, specialises in supporting women through the well-being challenges of motherhood, both from a physical and an emotional sense, but with a heavy emphasis on that emotional well-being and mental health side of things. So I've been in this motherhood well-being space for a few years and like I said I've been a mum myself for six and a half years. I've got two girls who are six and four at the moment and you know to be honest prior to having my first daughter I never really gave motherhood a second thought (laughs) and you know maybe that was a good thing maybe it was a bad thing and To be perfectly honest, it's probably a little bit of both. In some ways, you know, it was probably a bit of a blessing. So I I was never an overly maternal type of girl. So I wasn't the sort of person who was desperate to become a mum. And and even though, you know, I really did want my children, it wasn't something that I had that desperate longing for. I just you know, knew that it was the right thing to do for me and my husband at the time. And so I didn't go into motherhood with too many preconceived notions of what it should be or what it would look like. And I, and I probably didn't put too many expectations on myself. So I think that was one of the positives of me being a little bit clueless about motherhood in those early days. Um, But I also had no idea what I was in for. And that was really the flip side of not considering this whole concept of motherhood until I was in it. So I felt completely unprepared for motherhood and I felt like I was really just muddling my way through for those first few years at least. And I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in that feeling. And, you know, even while I was pregnant, I really wasn't thinking about motherhood. You know, I was thinking about pregnancy And I was thinking about labor and birth and having a baby. But that's where my thought processes stopped. (laughs) I didn't think much about what life was going to look like when I took the little baby home to my house and had to deal with motherhood at home. So there's the flip side to not preparing. I didn't really think about the style of parenting that I would put in place, what kind of theories I would ascribe to or anything like that. So I guess that's where I'm coming from in this respect. And I guess coupled with that is also my clinical practice 
around being an occupational therapist and working in this field of women's health and particularly with mums. And so in these recent years, I've spent a lot of time talking to mums, working with mums and supporting mums. And what I know is that there's this incredible drive in women to be a good mother. And it's something that can create such difficulties in so many women. Um, and it's, some, it's something that I'm really intrigued by, like I said. So it's something that drives my practice and drives the blog that I write and drives the content that I put out into the world is this concept of how can we be a good mother? Because it's something that I know so many women struggle with. So if there's one thing I've learned in both my professional and personal experience, it's that there are as many ways to be a good mother as there are number of mothers on this planet. And I guess that's where my concept of meaningful motherhood comes from. So um, let me just give you a little bit of a backstory to that. So I'm an occupational therapist and you may or may not have ever heard of that phrase. So occupational therapy is a profession which is not really well known in a lot of circles. So um, some of you might have met an OT, which is what we sometimes call ourselves because occupational therapist is a lot of words to say every five minutes of the day. Um, but we're health professionals and we work across a range of different fields. So we work with a lot of different populations from little babies through to children, through to adults, through to the elderly. We work in a lot of different ways. And what our job is about is basically about supporting people to live full and meaningful lives. So we are there to support people to overcome health challenges or well-being difficulties or injuries or illnesses or whatever barrier it is to them living the life that they want or need to live. And so a big part of our job as occupational therapists is our philosophy around what we call meaningful occupation. And a meaningful occupation is something that you want or need to do in your life. So it might be something as simple as cooking a meal for yourself or driving a car or being a teacher or being a student or being a churchgoer or playing a sport. So there's lots of different roles and occupations that you have in your life. And as OTs, we believe that these need to be meaningful, which means that they need to mean something to you. They need to be of value to you and only you can determine what those things are. And that's where this concept of meaningful motherhood comes in. And like I said, there's a number of different ways of being a good mother. But what I see is that society tells us that there's only certain ways to do it. So that there's a certain way that a good mother behaves or there's a certain way that a good mother looks. And those expectations generally don't fit with the reality for most of us. And I believe that there's no one way to be a good mother, but there's a million ways to be a one, a good mother, if that makes sense. I probably just contradicted myself there, didn't I? <laughs> but there's no one specific way to be a good mother, no matter what the books may have you believe. So it's up to you to create that version of motherhood for yourself. But the trouble is, is that we're so conditioned in today's society 
to think that what we're doing is wrong, <laughs> that we're not living up to someone else's expectations or society's expectations of what good motherhood is or what it should look like. Um, I think mums are particularly prone to this. I think there's such a huge... Oh, there's such a huge expectation and burden of expectation out there on mums around what they should and shouldn't be doing. And, you know, you'll find these debates and arguments everywhere, all over the place. And, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons for why we feel a little bit lost and for why we can't identify anymore what being a good mum means. So I thought for this first episode today... I might just go through a few of those top reasons that we've lost this ability to to basically trust in our own ability to be a good mother and to know what that looks like. So firstly, we've lost our tribe and as a society we no longer have that kind of face-to-face access to close multi-generational communities of women and mothers and aunties and sisters and daughters and children that we might have had in previous generations or perhaps even in different cultures. So for those of us who are women in the Western world in today's society, we're probably living in a home that's just us and our partner and our children. We probably don't even live close to our own mother or maybe our own sister Perhaps we're of an age where when we become a parent ourselves, our grandmother has already passed away. And we might not have any close friends that are yet mums. Or if we do, they might live in different parts of the town or even in different parts of the country. So we don't have that close community of mums around us. And we don't grow up in a society where we see mums doing mum things all day, every day, in and out. So for many of us, the very first experience we have of seeing a mum in action is when we become a mother ourselves, you know, apart from obviously being mothered ourselves. But when we think about being a mum to a little baby or a little child, you know, we don't remember what our mum did at that time. And so we don't see it. The first experience we have of, of that is when we become a mum ourselves. So having that disconnection with the realities of motherhood and having that lack of tribe around us is a really is a really a detriment to us. Secondly, and <laughs> I know you know I know that you know what I'm going to say here, but there's this onslaught of social media. So we are the first generation of mothers to be dealing with this epidemic of social media. And you know, to be honest, this is a topic which could launch a thousand podcast episodes in itself. And you know, I know that motherhood does have many benefits for mums, you know, particularly those mums who might be socially isolated or maybe they're quite introverted, introverted by nature, or just who forever for whatever reason might find themselves in need of a virtual community for whatever reason. Um, So it does have its benefits, but there are also many, many negatives to social media. And quite frequently, those negatives outweigh the positive. So online bullying, trolling, you know, the dangers of oversharing about your children and their own safety, this curse of comparisonitis, this feeling of 
not being able to live up to the expectations that we see on these highly filtered and curated Instagram feeds every single day. You know, I think social media has a lot to answer for when it comes to the image of what motherhood should be. And to be honest, it doesn't always serve us at the best of times. And when we're in the throes of motherhood, those negatives can often exacerbate the the um can often exacerbate those other issues. Thirdly, there's so much noise out there about parenting, and the vast majority of it is generally geared towards mothers. So, parenting magazines, websites, Facebook pages, parenting books—they're really all primarily aimed and targeted at mothers, and. As a side note, this is just one of the many reasons that this mental burden of parenting is often felt so much more heavily by mothers than it is by fathers. Um, And sometimes the bulk of parenting and parenting decisions frequently rests with the mother. And so this is one of the, you know, this is a particularly agenda issue around parenting and the difference between mothers and fathers. But That's probably, again, another topic for another podcast. You can see I've got lots of ideas for topics for this podcast. Um, But the advice we receive and consume about motherhood is just like a tsunami of information coming at us every single day from so many different sources. There's just so freaking much information and The irony is that so much of it is actually contradictory. So it's really hard to know which voices to listen to and which ones we probably don't need to give our attention to. Which brings me to my fourth point, which is this emergence of divisive groups of motherhood. Um, And I feel this really links with my second point about the ubiquity of social media today. Um, and this tendency towards bullying and judgment and harassing harassment and basically just posting before we have time to think through our responses on social media. So with the amount of parenting noise that is out there, combined with the very loud and very impressive voices of parenting groups and parenting experts, means that some really deep rifts have carved their way into modern motherhood. So these days it seems like a lot of mothers aren't aren't just content with finding their own style of motherhood but that there also needs to be this need to dismiss or to even denigrate any other mother who dares to do it differently. So in short what I'm talking about here is the mummy wars. You know these mummy wars are a very real issue and they're not a silly little bite, sound bite. You know these are issues that can really impact mums and their experience of motherhood so we do need to take these things seriously and we do need to make really positive proactive steps to try and address these issues and I know there's no simple answer to resolving the mummy wars but I do think that there's a way around it and I do think that together as a collective we can work on reducing their impact and so to my fifth point for today is that I feel like women have lost the ability to trust their gut. So mother's instinct, women's intuition, you know, whatever you want to call it. So many of us have lost it. And especially in those early years of motherhood, you know, we 
we tend to pass our power and decision-making off to others who we think could and should know better for our baby, such as health professionals or the authors of parenting books or the leaders of our parenting groups or whatever. And I'm not saying that these people aren't important and their advice isn't helpful. Um, After all, I'm in that category myself, you know. Um, But what I am saying here is that we need to regain the ability to take all this advice under consideration and to start to trust our own judgment and decision-making abilities a little bit better as a human being and as a mother, as a person. Um, You know, I truly believe that parents are the experts in their own children. You know, these professional experts may be the experts in children as a group, but they're not the expert in your child. That's you. That knowledge and understanding that you have of your own child is so, so crucial. Um, And, you know, I still do a little bit of paediatric occupational therapy work as well. And that's one of the things I always tell a parent is that, you know, I might be the expert in occupational therapy here, but you're the expert in your child. So we need to work together to figure out how best to mesh these two things, the child and the occupational therapy, to create these best outcomes. So, yeah, trust your gut a little bit is probably something else that's really important in meaningful motherhood. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea about this whole concept that I call meaningful motherhood, which, you know, I, I'm still coming up with a great definition for it, but I basically describe it as the, you know, the ability to create a version of motherhood that works for you and for your family. So being a mother in a way that is meaningful and has value for you personally, whatever that may look like for yourself. But before I go, I do want to add one little caveat here and that's this so as with anything in this world there are some undeniable truths so these are the pillars or you know the theoretical underpinnings that we absolutely know to be true like gravity or the fact that the earth is round and not flat flat (laughs) Um, and there are a few of these when it comes to parenting and raising children you know for instance we know that babies need nourishment they need food they need to be fed They need to be sheltered and they need to be cared for. You know, they need to develop these close connections and attachments to a primary caregiver in order to not only survive, but to thrive. So with that in mind, what I do want to say is that this concept of meaningful motherhood only works if your intentions are positive. So I'm here to say that you can do motherhood your way but it has to come from a place of positive intention. So you can't tell me that your version of a fulfilling, positive mother-child relationship revolves around locking your child in a windowless room for days on end without food or water and call that meaningful motherhood. That's not how it works. Not how it works. So meaningful motherhood is always, always values-driven. It's always comes from a place of good intentions and of wanting the best from yourself and from your child and from creating a positive, happy, loving environment. So it relies on you having a knowledge of these underlying pillars that I mentioned and these are probably the sort of topics I'll be talking about as we go through 
more into this podcast and I guess I kind of equate it to architecture in one respect and bear with me as I use this analogy (laughs) and I did write a post about it a little while ago called motherhood and architecture which I'll probably link to in the show notes so as an architect you know you have to follow the rules of physics you know you need to make sure that you have solid foundations and that your creation is structurally sound that you know the walls and the beams aren't going to come crashing down you know destroying the structure and killing everyone within it (laughs) you know but once you've got those solid foundations and those footings and those beams in place and they're adhering to the laws of physics and you know that they're secure and they're strong and they're going to hold up the rest of your structure you have full creative license to do whatever you want with that building you know you can make it entirely out of grass or you can make it entirely out of cement if you want you know you could make it circular or you could make it square or you could do exactly whatever you want with it and that's how I see meaningful motherhood so as a mother as a parent you need to know the absolutes you need to have a really good understanding of those pillars that underpin you know what it means to raise a child to make them healthy but you need to also trust in your ability to create this structure of motherhood that is uniquely yours and that can be anything you want it to be and trust that you've got it right for yourself so that's my little caveat at the end there And that basically brings us to the end of this first episode. So I'm really, really keen to hear some listener feedback. I'd love to hear from you about your style of motherhood or the challenges that you face in motherhood or perhaps even the patterns or the themes that you see happening out there in the world of motherhood at the moment or if you know of a mum or you are a mum that really has a great concept of their own style of motherhood and is living it then I'd love to hear from you too so this podcast is going to bring you lots of um, interviews with people who were who were really living this start you know this concept of meaningful motherhood and who are creating motherhood in their own way and who are relishing that fact um, we'll also bring you lots of you know um, experts in different topics lots of different thought leaders and industry leaders in this parenting field Um, And also just, you know, some of my own personal and professional musings and hints and tips and techniques that you might be able to utilise in your own world to help you manage the day-to-day impacts of motherhood, whatever that might be for you. So thank you once again for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed this very first episode of Meaningful Motherhood. Um, As... As always, I'd love to hear your feedback, like I said, Um, and please feel free to jump on the Facebook page or wherever you've found this podcast and leave me a review um, because that always helps us as well. So thanks again and I'll see you next time. Bye.